0: Welcome to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. Well, yesterday, boy, what a change in our weather and what a change on our roads. I think this morning a lot of people discovered that with some slick and icy spots out there on the freeways the roads the highways and byways and uh, so we're going to talk about in this hour of conversation winter driving preparedness how to prepare your vehicle what you should know when you encounter those plows on the road much much more there we're also going to be talking about some of the projects going on on our state highways the mamsip project the u.s 24 intersection improvements as well as what we're going to start to see between garden of the gods road and Fillmore Street on I-25. And our guest today, Amber Shipley, communications manager for Region 2. And Amber, welcome to The Extra. Hi, good morning, Shannon. Good morning. And uh, I myself did not encounter any problems uh, driving to work, but I think I was coming at a really good time because the snow that had fallen had melted, but it hadn't refrozen. And I think uh, some people who were driving out later in the morning, they did encounter some of those uh, refreezing areas that led to some slick spots. We had a couple of uh, accidents and slick spots that were reported uh, that may have been uh, attributable to uh, sliding on the roads. So let's talk about winter driving preparedness because we all have to get used to it, right?
1: I'm afraid so. It's that time of year.
0: That's right. So unless you plan to call an Uber every time there's a snowstorm, you better start now getting prepared. So let's talk about Amber, first of all, preparing our vehicles. What can we do? Well,
1: you know, I think we're all guilty of maybe not checking our wiper fluid or making sure our wiper blades are are in order until it's um, sometimes too late. So it's some regular maintenance things that you want to really go through your car as we're entering this winter season. Make sure your windshield wiper fluid is full um, because you know when you're on those dirty, uh, sloppy, messy roads, um, you're gonna need it. Uh, Make sure your heater and defroster are working. Make sure your radiator and antifreeze levels are right. So take it to a shop and make sure you're all set up that way. Your lights are working and clear. And uh, I don't know how many of us have uh, left work for the afternoon and thought, I'll get gas in the morning. And uh, that could be a a big mistake if you don't have a full tank of gas um, and you have to stop for it in the morning or if you have... A hold up on the roads so you might run out of fuel so it's always good to just make sure you have a full tank of gas
0: very important there yeah i am I'm, I'm one of those i usually do let it go too low and and even then when you get it even in the best of circumstances you can also uh, not be doing your engine any good by letting it go too low is what i understand but as you mentioned cold weather especially because uh, if you get stuck in a, in a long-term you know, slowdown out there that's going to keep you from getting to the gas station. I mean, that could be just bad news all the way around. What about tires?
1: Well, your tires, you want to make sure that you have um, some good winter tires with enough. And if they're regular um, tires, you want to make sure they have enough tread depth on them uh, to give you some traction on the road. I think a lot of us, you know, they're expensive, but um, they're essential to making sure you uh, maintain traction with the road. Uh, Fortunately, in the Colorado Springs area, we don't have to worry too much about, um, you know, using chains unless we go into the mountains, mountain areas. But um, good tires will get you through. And if you can throw on a pair of winter tires each, you know, October, November, uh, that'll help get you through and, and help minimize the slipping.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it tires that uh, are, are good will really get you through some of the problem spots. And for some people, a lot of people, myself included, it's getting from your driveway to the main arterial. Because once you get on the arterials, usually they're pretty good. But sometimes in your neighborhoods, they are not um fully, uh, I mean, they're pretty deep in snow sometimes. So let's talk about tips for driving in the snow. And especially for drivers who may be new to Colorado, some of these tips uh, are really critical.
1: Sure. Well, I mean, the first thing you want to do, and I know I've passed cars on the road where they've only cleared off enough snow just to see out uh, the driver's side window. And really, we need to be brushing off all the ice and snow from all the windows of the vehicle so that we have a clear view of all the vehicles and traffic around us. So that's an easy one to start with. And then you wanna move into, there's three actions that we do most when we drive. We accelerate, we turn, and we brake. And when we hit winter weather, you really don't wanna do those three at the same time. (laughs) So um, you wanna take one action at a time so that you're reducing your chance of slipping. Um, even roads that don't look like they're slick can be. So you always want to exercise caution, allow that extra time to um, go a little slower and be aware and allow that space in between you and the car in front of you.
0: that's right. and And don't forget, there are a lot of uh, newer drivers out there on the roads every year. You know, you get the new sixteen year olds who are uh, newly licensed and out there on the roads, or maybe uh, newcomers who are, Country who may have not been uh, licensed drivers in their former countries, and every time they are, you know, encountering snowy conditions for the first time, remember what it was like when you first learned to drive in the snow, right, Amber?
1: Right. I think we all need to practice more patience, and and that's a difficult thing for us to do when we're all in such a hurry. But um, slowing down, allowing a little grace for the um, other drivers on the road, especially for those kids that are just learning how to navigate on, um, on snow and ice or, or you know, even us adults that um, might not have been familiar with, with driving on snow and ice.
0: Right. I I came from the Northwest, which has a lot of rain, but not a lot of snow and ice. So about 20 years ago is when I had to get used to it. Uh, Amber Shipley is our guest today. She is Colorado Department of Transportation's Communications Manager for Region 2. And when we come back, more about winter driving preparedness with Amber. And Amber, I know we're going to get to some of these other topics, but let's also talk about uh, those emergency kits in our cars, because I know That's something that right now my car does not have in it. So I I need to uh, do, I need to follow what we're preaching here today and get my emergency kit ready. So let's talk about that when we come back here on the Extra. We're back with the extra and our guest today, Amber Shipley, who's with the Colorado Department of Transportation, their communications manager for Region 2, which is our region. And uh, so it includes all these projects that we're going to be talking about a little later on. But right now we're talking about winter driving preparedness. It's especially timely, given our snowstorm yesterday uh, that uh, brought some needed moisture, but also uh, made the roads a little bit slick this morning and yesterday, of course, Um Amber, let's talk about those emergency preparedness kits that we need to have in our cars right now.
1: Absolutely. Well, first I want to tell um, all your listeners to be sure you can look up our WinterWise website. So if you Google WinterWise CDOT, um, it'll have this list of information. So if you're not in a place where you can can write it down, um, you'll have a reminder there. Excellent. You want to start with um, having a flashlight with some extra batteries in your car or a crank-powered flashlight. Um, so that's an essential because if you get stuck out in the dark, you will need that. Uh, you want to have a blanket or a sleeping bag, and it's essential that you have some water because if you get stuck for a while, water our bodies need that to to survive so make sure you have that on hand Uh, a first aid kit is always a good idea winter or summer and um, have some tire change i'm sorry tire chains and a snow strap so you know if you're traveling through the mountains tire chains at times are required and so you want to make sure you have those you can be fined if you don't have them and they're required it's always a good idea to have a set of jumper cables in your car i don't know I've left my lights on at work before and it was handy to have them uh, for somebody to help jump my vehicle and get me going again. Um, Some flares are not a bad idea. Again, if you get stuck out uh, in the dark, uh, it's good to have those flares so that other drivers coming up on you can see you. And even an an additional uh, transistor, the old-fashioned kind of radio, Uh, either battery powered or crank powered so that you can get your basic news and information that you need.
0: That's great information. Yeah. And we, we, uh, I remember during the bomb cyclone of a couple of years back, uh, that's, uh, a lot of people were listening to us on their radios stuck on I-25 and, uh, you know, it would have been a lot easier for them if they had those crank radios so they could listen to find out any updates, but not have to be running their cars because I think a lot of them kind of were getting to that point where they were running out of gas as well. Um, Let's talk about, uh, uh, there's one thing also you didn't mention, uh, but I keep in my car, which are, I, I keep an extra pair of socks. Maybe, t- did you mention that? I, I no, don't... I
1: haven't. That's on the nice to have item <laughs> list here. But yeah, absolutely. <laughs> having extra mittens, socks, because if you get out and your feet get wet, right, um, it's all over. It, it makes your whole body cold. So um, yeah, having all those extras in your vehicle is a good idea. Yeah, they even have those chemical hand warmers that are available now that you can get at places like Lowe's or Home Depot. I'm sure Walmart. Um, but that way, if you're in a situation where you can't run the vehicle, you can help keep yourself warm. Um, also, some non-perishable snacks like granola bars or you know sealed uh, bags of nuts or that kind of thing to to sustain you if in an extended period. And another thing that's a good idea is non-clumping cat litter can help build some traction for you if you put it under your the area of your tires. So that's, you know, it's something nice to have. It's not necessarily required. But if you get into a situation where you need some traction, that can do it for you.
0: That's right. Like if you uh, go off into a snowdrift and you're just spinning, uh, it might be that cat litter gives you just what you need to get out of that area back onto the road surface. So uh, all good information there. And uh, in the meantime, I know CDOT itself is doing a lot of maintenance preparation for how they respond. What's going on with CDOT right now?
1: Well, you know, our uh, crews are always prepared well before the storm. Our meteorologist keeps us on top of, you know, potential storms coming in. And our crews are always ready to go on snow shift to make sure that the roads are clear and safe for drivers in the region across the state. Um, They work 12-hour shifts typically. Each of them works 12-hour shifts on, 12 hours off, 12 hours on. But they're rotating so that we have a full crew of uh, snow. Uh, removal on the road at all times. So that's really important for those commuters that get up in the morning uh, to make sure that the roads are clear for them and safe.
0: That, that's so true. And I don't know the the materials that you purchase. I mean, obviously, it fluctuates how much you need from year to year. Yes, last year, it seems to me that we had a pretty rough snow season uh, with so many, you know, maybe they weren't huge storms, but so many frequent storms. Uh, does that affect, you know, your funding because you have to, you know, purchase maybe more sand than you do in other years? And, and how do you predict what's going to be bought for the next year? For the coming year.
1: Well, I'd have to talk to maintenance to find uh, specifics out on that, but absolutely, it affects the bottom line. If we have to use more product, we have to buy more product. So it always affects the bottom line. But ultimately, that's what we're here for: is to make sure our traveling public is safe. And so we do what has to be done. So you know, we figure it out and make sure that that we're all ready to roll and you know morning night middle of the night whenever it is um our crews are out there making sure that the traveling public is going to be as safe as possible.
0: Yeah, I I encountered some on I twenty five. Some of your crews, uh, plow crews out there. Now they didn't have their blades down because, luckily, this storm uh, didn't seem to leave a lot of lasting uh, accumulation on the interstate there. But um, but they were out on the roads early this morning, and and that brings up an interesting uh, aspect of our driving public. We need to bow to the plow when they are out on the roads. Doesn't matter if the blades are up or down, right?
1: That's absolutely true. Um, You know, they're big vehicles, and uh, we always need to allow more space around them, but especially when they're actually plowing or de-icing. You don't want your car to be involved in the middle of the de-icing. You don't want to get too close to them. They can't see you if you're too close to them. So we want to keep our traveling public safe. And so the traveling public has that responsibility to stay back to keep to keep the, the whole road safer.
0: Right. So bow and to the plow. That's the key that's word. Right.
1: And, you know, a lot of times people get frustrated and in a hurry and they'll want to pass on the right. And that's never a good idea when you're passing a plow because they push all the snow, slush, rocks, other debris all goes to the right so if you try to pass them on the right you're going to end up with that uh, on your car obstructing your visibility and potentially damaging your vehicle
0: and and i remember we had a a a long time ago a a really bad snowstorm that uh, caused problems i925 and people just left their cars that had spun out just there on the on the highway and i remember (laughs) there was such a big plea from CDOT because the plows couldn't get through. I mean, and, and that you know, that's a, another good reminder to drivers. You always got to think about the plows are going to be coming through. You know, even if your car is in, in a mishap, they're going to be coming through. So make sure you move them over as much as you can uh, to get them out of the way, because uh, you don't want to be the one who ends up getting their car towed and holding up the whole plowing of the interstate, right?
1: That's right. We don't want to be that person. And, you know, I think a lot of people want to know, well, where are the the plows on the road? Where are they doing their work? And uh, we do have a snowplow tracker that you can uh, view where all of our snowplows are out and about. If you uh, use our app, CoTrip.org, that app can be downloaded and it's on both of my phones. And it's a great way to see where our crews are doing the work and addressing the slick roads.
0: Right. And you can find it also, I I think I have it at cotrip.org. You can just click on the the layering that shows the plow trackers and it'll show the plows too if you would rather do it on a desktop model of a computer or something. So yeah, a lot of great ways to find out how your plows are working the roads. We need to take a break here. Amber Shipley is our guest today from CDOT, uh, District 3. We'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Welcome back to The Extra, the show that connects you with the issues, topics, and people that are important to you. And Amber Shipley is our guest. And Amber is the communications manager for Region 2, I should say. I think I I, uh, accidentally gave you the wrong region. That would be a a sudden uh, change to a different part of the state. So uh, glad that we could get it fixed. But Region 2 includes a bunch of construction projects that are going on right now. So Amber, uh, let's launch into them, because we'd love to get updates on them, especially that MAMSIP project, and I know we'll get to that, I'm not sure if you're going to start with that, but why don't you uh, just tell us where we stand on our various projects?
1: Sure, well, we'll start with MAMSIP, since it's been with us for a while. Um, the I-25 safety improvements project is ongoing, as we all know. Uh, They're going to be busy. The month of November, they've got a lot of work going on, permanent drainage installation, um, some preparing of the permanent shoulders that are going in, and we're even looking at a northbound I-25 traffic switch coming up around the 6th or 7th of December, and that's really weather contingent because, of course, weather always affects how much work they can accomplish in a day. Uh, we're looking at some permanent sign installation, both north and southbound lighting, um, and even some seating and stabilization that needs to occur. So there's a lot of new um, pieces and parts going into that project along there. still essential for people to ensure that they're you know, obeying the uh, lower speed limits through the zone uh, to keep themselves safe because it's a narrower corridor, and to keep all workers safe as well.
0: I came through that recently and I had not realized how narrow it feels as you're going through there. And, And I know people are watching it, but how much can you emphasize lowering your speed to go through there?
1: Well, you know, our reaction times when you're going faster, everything happens a lot quicker. So when we ask you to slow down, it's not just that we want to delay you getting where you're going, it's really to keep you safe. All it takes is one slight movement to the right and you might be up against that barrier and then bouncing into traffic or maybe it's somebody ahead of you that will have something and you need that response time. So by going a little bit slower, you're keeping yourself safe.
0: Right, right. And, and so uh, with that MAMSIPS project, I mean, what will be, uh, I guess, uh, the end in sight? When can we look forward to that?
1: Well, full um, completion will happen in 2024. But, you know, I think a lot of people that have been driving it daily have seen some of the striping, uh, permanent striping on northbound. Um, so they're getting really close. That's why there's going to be another traffic shift, because we have some things you know, in the project nearing completion. And if you look at that bridge over South Academy, um, it's a beautiful new bridge. um, And it's getting closer and closer as well.
0: That's right. That's right. Okay, so moving on from MAMSIPs. I mean, we have this other project in an area that also uh, seems to get a lot of traffic from people who are heading to Fort Carson. And I'm talking about Highway 115. What's going on there?
1: So out on Highway 115, they've been working for quite some time to really widen allow some passing uh, lanes through there uh, to ensure that drivers can travel more safely and, you know, a little more smoothly as they go through the canyon stretch there. It's 12 hours, um, I'm sorry, 12-mile stretch of the highway um, along Fort Carson and south of Rock Creek Canyon Road, and it continues to have some traffic shifts. And temporary surfaces near the side streets and driveways that people need to be aware of. We're busy with concrete paving, and uh, just there are some brief full closures for people who live along there. They're very well aware of that. And they're getting you know the grading and placing the embankment to um, support the the highway. So right. the speed enforcement is increased along there. So again, it's one of those things where the speed limit is forty five miles per hour. And it's there for everyone to have a more safe experience as they drive through that canyon. So be sure to obey that.
0: So, Amber, one thing that I I think comes up is that if there are accidents in some of these construction zones, uh, that can be just a true impediment to people trying to get through those areas. Because they're areas where already you're dealing with narrowed roadways, right? Right.
1: Right, it's narrow to start with, and then you get um, all of the construction going on. It it takes it down even further, and all it takes is one little fender bender or or wreck and uh, a collision, and there you go. You've you've really stalled out traffic for a while. So that's why the the slower um, speed limit is in place. It's just simply to give you more reaction time, uh, enable you to navigate those lane shifts and anything you might encounter along the way.
0: I, I think it's very important that we uh, do that because there are, you know, our neighbors are working on those projects. I mean, CDOT's construction crews are, are coming from our community. And if you are taking a higher speed through there, you are potentially putting their lives at risk. You are endangering those uh, construction crews because uh, they are planning. There's a reason why those speeds are lower, right?
1: That's right, and none of us expect to have a collision with someone. So it's just best to um, take that slower speed and be able to respond a little more efficiently and effectively.
0: Right, right. I, I remember uh, a collision that sadly uh, took the life of a construction worker in California when I lived there. And um, it wasn't the uh, initial accident. It was a car that unfortunately had been hit by the initial car uh, that you know sparked the accident. That's the one that ended up going into the construction worker. And so sad his family didn't get to see him and experience him coming home that day. And uh, what a tragedy that would be for any of our construction workers workers. We need to take a break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking about intersection improvements on US 24. That and more when we continue our conversation, catching up on project updates with Amber Shipley from CDOT. Welcome to The Extra. Again, we are joined by Amber Shipley, and we've been carrying on this conversation for an hour talking about, first of all, winter driving preparedness, as well as now some of the projects going on around our region, Region 2, part of the state's region of uh, CDOT offices. And uh, let's talk about this US-24, the interchange improvements that are going on. Amber, explain to us where these locations are.
1: Sure, well, this project will be starting next week, and it's to improve uh, some of the pedestrian crossings along u s twenty four on at eighth street, twenty first street and thirty first street. So you'll start to see uh, crews begin the project there at thirty first street and u s twenty four uh, next week. And most of the work will occur at the during the night from around six p m to sometime in the morning so that most of it's going on at night and won't affect you too badly, but you'll want to allow a little extra time. All of those right turn lanes, if you're going westbound, the right turn lanes will be closed at those intersections as we do them, and it'll be staged. So we'll start with 31st Street, then they'll move to 21st Street, and then 8th Street. Um, It basically is to raise the crosswalks, providing more visibility to drivers for those pedestrians walking. Uh, pavement improvements and some really good crosswalk markings we want to make sure that pedestrians through that area are safe and we'll make sure that some pedestrian detours are provided because that's an area where a lot of people navigate on foot Uh, so it's it's an exciting project coming up to just get those things up to snuff with ada compliance and safety for our pedestrians
0: that's what i was going to ask you about because uh, i i've been uh, you know i that's part of my normal route and uh it seems like those would be very difficult for people who might be on walkers or in wheelchairs to navigate themselves so that's what uh, it's also going to address it sounds like that's correct okay yes so and, that and-
1: again will be starting next week, and, and so you can start seeing some uh staging there at 31st and uh highway 24.
0: And so this is going to affect people who do tend to come at a little bit of high speed down from Manitou on Highway 24. So, again, speed is something we need to warn people to maybe uh, back off on, right?
1: Yes, especially as they're working on 31st Street because they'll be moving the uh, north-south crosswalk. Uh, that's now currently on the east half of the intersection, they'll be moving that to the west inter- part of the intersection um, because we know that those left-hand turns uh, have put pedestrians in a bit of a pinch at times, so we're trying to uh, make that safer for the people crossing uh, from north to south there on U.S. 24.
0: Okay, great. Well, that's uh, definitely uh, going to be something that I, I think for anyone who uh, tries to make it across Highway 24, they're going to welcome uh, this as a, a much uh, needed and, and uh, greatly expanded improvement there. Uh, so finally, let's talk about the final project that we want to discuss. And this affects uh, those I-25 drivers, right?
1: It sure does, and it's in an area where I think we've all noticed the slowdown when we're traveling through Colorado Springs. It's between Fillmore and Garden of the Gods, and you've probably seen um, crews starting to stage that area for work to begin. We're basically going to be adding some continuous acceleration and deceleration lanes between Fillmore and Garden of the Gods, which enables our drivers to... Slow down and get um, to their exit more easily or speed up and get to traffic speeds and move into I-25 more smoothly. It balances traffic out and it uh, really facilitates the position of drivers at the exits and merging. It makes everything a little bit smoother so we're excited for that project to begin.
0: And what's the timeline that we're looking on on that project?
1: You know that's going to be well through um, probably early 2025, uh, because it is going to require uh, some bridge work over uh, Elston Street. So there will be reconstructing that and widening that bridge on both sides of the interstate and uh, creating a smoother surface all the- across the entire um, roadway once uh, they get the acceleration and deceleration lanes complete. There will also be some upgrades to the bridge there uh, at the interchange of Garden of the Gods. So there's um, definitely a lot of different components to that project, but it is an exciting project that will make traffic move a lot more smoothly through that little section of I-25 in Colorado Springs.
0: Yeah, it's become, uh, you know, just one of those areas that, uh, especially for me in the afternoon, if I can avoid going through that stretch, I do. <laughs> and, uh, you know, unfortunately, that puts loads on the secondary streets, too, if if you're um, bypassing that to go over to Cascade or to Nevada. So, um, it's not much better. But uh, I think there are a lot of people who are, you know, just kind of losing their patience with that. And uh, when you lose patience, sometimes mistakes happen out there on the roads. We don't want that to happen. Um, so in wrapping up all of this, what what would you like the listeners to know, Amber, about what sounds like a very ambitious project calendar for our region?
1: Well, you know, we're just out there. to. We've targeted a 10-year plan with several projects, uh, and we're getting ready to move into 2024 with even more projects to roll out. And it's it's an exciting time to to provide better road surfaces, uh, safer road surfaces for our traveling public.
0: Excellent, excellent. So let's uh, talk about ways that people can get information on these projects as well as information on uh, real-time traffic conditions out there. Uh, what websites should people be consulting?
1: Cotrip.org. So that's C-O-T-R-I-P.org. Uh, that really will show you where the lane shifts are, That all that good stuff. We put upcoming construction. If it's in the near future, we'll be on there. Those different layers provide a lot of di- different options for the user to see what's going on on roads across the state.
0: Yeah. My favorite is the map view. I love the map view. I love being able to go around, look at the cameras and, uh, you know, be able to, you know, find the plows. I mean, that's my favorite thing. And especially as we really uh, jump into the winter driving season. Well, Amber Shipley, thank you for joining us here on KRDO News Radio's The Extra with that good information, solid information for our drivers out there, many of whom are listening on KRDO News Radio right now. Thanks, Amber. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. And to our listeners, we've got Tom Martino up after the top of the hour. Traffic and news as well as weather coming for you at the top of the hour as well. I'm your host, Shannon Brinius of The Extra. Thank you so much for listening and spending this hour of conversation with us.